Happy Monday on today's episode of the John Campia Show podcast. We got several significant movies opening up this week. Which one of them are going to take the box office number one spot? Also, Rebel Moon has over a thousand audience reviews. But the movie hasn't come out yet. We're exposing a problem with Rotten Tomatoes audience reviews. We're going to discuss that. Also, Echo, the upcoming Disney series, Marvel series, they just dropped a new teaser called Rampage, and it's brutally violent. Now, the Black Panther director, Ryan Coogler, apparently is, in fact, bringing us an X-Files reboot. And Matt Reeves' Batman Arkham spinoff? is not going to be set in the world of the Batman, but rather in the DCU. That and a whole bunch more. The John Cavey Show podcast starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet, the John Cavey Show podcast. Coming from right here in our quaint little studio, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I'm, of course, your host, John Campion, it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff, not just giving you our opinions, but also giving you some information and context so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or even a little bit different than ours. Uh, joining me in studio today, I got Ray Ora. Hey, what's up? Jonathan Voikos here. Hello. Robert Ryder. Director, producer, Robert, <laughs> Robert Meyer Richard. Burnett is here. Robert, how you doing? Free Margot. By the way, I'm, show everybody your shirt. Oh, this one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, John Campia <laughs> had an idea for a Christmas sweater. And uh, I have to say that when he said that to me, I'm like, okay, well, it couldn't have been better than this. Let it snow. Make it snow. <laughs> make it snow. Look at that. Even the little Picard season three uh, Enterprise action. Those are some great colors, actually. I mean, you know, actually, I got to tell you, I don't think this is an ugly Christmas sweater. No, I would rock this. I would rock this on a daily basis. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. I want to thank John for this this lovely gift. And uh, I feel I can wear this almost anywhere. I just love the how they even have his hand up in the air making yeah, the thing the like, best. make it snow. So do you like mo modern Star Trek now? Yeah. <laughs> he ignores you. No, I'm not going to. No, this does not make me love modern Star Trek. That's classic Picard. Come on now. All right, guys. But most importantly, out of all of us, most importantly, you guys are here. Thank you so much for being here and making the show part of your day. Here's how the show's going to go. We're going to start off by me talking about all those topics that we listed off. Then in the last part of the show, we're going to take your live questions. Now, we already asked our beloved YouTube channel members to fire in some questions. But if you guys are watching live and you have a question, thought, opinion, critique, whatever, Send it on in using the Super Chat feature in the live chat, and we'll get to those at the last part of the show. All right, guys. With that all down, let's jump into it here, shall we? We're going to start off with this. Uh, this is actually a pretty busy week coming up in the movie theaters. Of course, we had Wonka uh, this past weekend, took number one at the box office, made close to $40 million. Uh, here's the more important thing, though. Wonka has made around $150 million Worldwide, it cost $125 million to make. Screen Rant was saying they think the movie needs to make $250 to break even. I think it's closer to $300 million it needs to break even, but it's already halfway there, so it looks like Wonka is actually going to end up being a profitable movie. And good for them. It's a completely charming, wonderful film. But we got a busier weekend coming up this week with four, I'd say at least notable releases coming out, and they are as follows. We got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. We got the new animated film Migration. We got this insane-looking Jeffrey Wright movie 
called American Fiction, and we got Iron Claw. Now, it should be mentioned that American Fiction and Iron Claw have both been in limited release up to this point. Obviously, like Ray and Ann saw Iron Claw last week, uh, but it's going wide this weekend. So the question becomes, which one of these films is going to take the box office this weekend? Which one's going to take that number one spot crown that uh, Wonka has right now? Now, normally, this wouldn't even be a discussion. It's the comic book movie. I mean, that, that's easy, right? It's, it's, it's going to be Aquaman. But here's the problem. For the past year and a half, and if you're the DCU, the last five years, comic book movies right now have been on a decline, not just in terms of quality, but as a result of the decline in quality, have had a decline in the box office returns. Meanwhile, we've got an animated family film that's coming out that often jumps up to bite people in the ass, right? Now, look, it's not going to be American fiction is not going to take the box office this weekend, despite the fact that it might be one of the best films of the year. I haven't seen it yet myself. I'm going to see it in about 48 hours. But a lot of people talking about it could be one of the best films of the year. Can't wait to see it. It's not going to be Iron Claw because we just know there's just doesn't have that kind of buzz going around about it, even though... Everybody says it's a wonderful film, yet extremely difficult to watch and kind of depressing. It's going to be Aquaman, Lost Kingdom, or Migration. All right. So, like I said, in days past, this is a no-brainer, right? The comic book movie wins. And I'm going to say I still think it's going to be Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, Migration, I think I've read the latest report is saying it's only going to be about a 13 to $17 million opening weekend. And that by itself tells me that Aquaman's going to win. Because in no reality do I believe that Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is going to make under $20 million opening weekend. Even though I don't think it's going to be a great opening weekend, I think it'll be much more than that. I personally think Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is going to probably bubble in around... Bubble in. I'm going to guess 45 million. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess 45 million, uh, which will be not bad. I, I, I mean, it'll be better than what Wonka did. I just don't think it's going to be that 60 to 70 million that the first Aquaman made. And I don't think it's going to get anywhere near the billion dollar mark. But you know what? I bought my tickets to it. I don't care about all the drama surrounding it. I don't care that it's the last film in the DCU. I don't care about the track record of failure for the last five years, the DCU. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with the first one. I got my tickets to the second one in about 48 hours, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't care what anybody else says. I just don't think it's going to do all that great. Rob, we got four notable releases coming out this week. We got Aquaman, we got Migration, we got The Iron Claw, and we've got American Fiction. Which one of these are you most looking forward to? And, and do you agree that you think Aquaman's going to take that top spot? Well, to be fair, the thing I want the most to see is American fiction. Yeah, I mean, me everyone, the people I've known who've seen it, and then the reviews and things I've read, people are saying it's one of the best movies of the year. I love satires like this. I love Jeffrey Wright. I love the premise. The trailer makes me laugh. I think it's the kind of movie that we need to see today. And I can't wait to see it. I mean, it really is for me that and Ferrari. I don't know if Ferrari opens in limited release, but Michael Mann's Ferrari, I don't know if it opens this weekend. But those are the two movies I'm most looking forward to at the end of the year. And followed up very, very uh, uh, right, right in the rear, the third movie I really want to see is Aquaman. Because you know, John, you know, you and I and I, we saw Aquaman together in IMAX at Universal. We went to Universal Studios, yeah, we right? Went, and and yeah. I, I loved it. You know, I, I it, it made me feel like I was an eight-year-old kid watching a Ray Harryhausen movie like Jason and the Argonauts or something. And uh, I loved it. I mean, the tra and the, 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 
they've been releasing more and more TV spots and trailers and everything I've seen from Aquaman. I'm like, what's not to love? I mean, it's exactly what I want it to be. I, I, I mean, look, if the story's stupid and it doesn't look stupid, it like, it looks like we're getting some, you know, what do you call, what do you call, um, what do you, not Jason Momoa, but what do you call? Um, P. Willie? P. Willie. P. Yeah, Willie, P. baby. We got P. Willie looks great. Most ripped you know, he's ever been. Yaya looks great. <laughs> we got, a, I mean, I, Black Manta is finally mantaing up the way I wanted to see it. And uh, I love that. The costume, the design, maybe they'll finally make a hot toy of that Black Manta figure. I don't know. I hope it, I hope they do. I can't wait. I'm excited. Now, you know, um, uh, the, the animated film, I, I mean, you know, it looks good. <laughs> Does it? I guess. Do you think it looks good? Uh, it because I, I mean, they showed us. I, I feel kind of indifferent. They showed us a big presentation for migration at CinemaCon yeah. back in April, and even then, I looked at it and said, "Is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be charming? Is it, I, I, I don't think it looks good at all." But Illumination, they do, they yeah. do good work. They do. No, I. They you have know? put out some really good, enjoyable stuff. I just look at this and I'm going, "What? I, yeah, what are you we know? looking at?" It, it could and, be one of those sad uh, things where, like, the bad guys. You remember the bad guys? I'm not sure if that was Illumination. Illumination or not. Yeah, that but, won a lot of people over the bag. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good movie. Where I liked under it. the radar. I mean, it didn't make money. Hopefully, I think what this weekend got going for him is people have choices. These are four different type of movies. Yeah, very different films. And I hope they all get their money's worth because this is one of those rare occasions where you you pick a genre and there's a new movie playing. Yeah. Within that sort of a range, by the way, so. one of our viewers in the live chat suggested, hey, say, well, go look at the seating chart. So I I've pulled up the seating chart for the movie, the the screening we're going to go see of Aquaman, Ray. Uh-huh. So I just went for the first screening on Thursday at 3.45 in the afternoon. And here's the seating chart. Whoa, which Those, ones are you? The, the <laughs> three oh in the middle. Oh, my God. The three right in the middle. That's that's the seats for me, Ray, and Anne. They said Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman. Uh, now, that, granted, that's at 3.45 in the afternoon. So let me let me go back and check another screening. I think you bought the whole whole theater. Yeah, Let's see the 3 p.m. <laughs> Let's see the IMAX 3D 3 p.m. Oh, it's in 3D. Uh, the, yeah, well, this, the one in the IMAX is okay. That sold that many tickets. Remember, this movie is not four weeks away. It's coming out in a couple of days. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, I expect. I haven't looked yet. Let's look at the AMC Dolby Prime 7:35. I expect this is going to be at least half full. All right, here we go. Ready? Let's, go. Let's click on it. Let's go. This is the AMC Prime. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. There you go. Bunch of tickets sold for what the AMC migration? Prime. Are we going to go over migration? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Should I look at migration? Yeah, yeah, let's just, just, just go the earliest one. Uh, let me let's see if I can find it. it. Uh, so let me see if Burbank's can... uh, IMAX is empty, but Burbank's um, Dolby Cinema is, I'd say, 60% full. Maybe 65. Right now, that's the best top of the line theater. So let's take a look Maybe at. They don't have any early screening. What are they? Why are they calling it winged? But not winged migrant. Anyway, yeah. let's Anyways. let's not waste any time. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there you have it, guys. Let's. Uh, who do you think is going to take the weekend this week? Uh, let us know what you guys think. All right. With that down. Let's move on to this, shall we? Uh, those are movies opening in theaters that we just talked about. But there's a. Significant movie opening up on Netflix this week. Rebel Moon. The, in certain circles, highly anticipated new Zack Snyder film that is not just a Zack Snyder film, but it is a 
you know, it's not, it's not just a Zack Snyder single film, but it's part one of two and what they're hoping is going to be a cinematic universe. Now, we already talked last week about the fact that the critic ratings have come out and they're pretty low, despite the fact that the critics quite liked Zack Snyder's last film, Army of the Dead. They didn't like this one so much. But that brings us to today's Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. Listen, guys, if you've got a question for our show and you'd like to hear your voice on our show, go ahead and call our Mint Mobile hotline anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 951-268-4259. And today's question is about, will the audience score for this movie that hasn't come out yet? Uh, check it out. Good morning, John Campion crew. This Theo calling from Phoenix. Last week... We had the critic review of Rebel Moon, which really wasn't good. Unfortunately, like the next day, reviews started coming out for the audience course. And surprisingly, it was higher than expected that we all wanted to see. But the funny thing is, if you read through uh, the audience course, you find that most people who are writing reviews haven't even seen the movie. Do you think this is a bad image? on the movie, and do you think it's also a bad image on some of what people refer to as Snyder courses, that they are the ones writing these reviews just to give this movie a good boost? Please, let me know your team and you have a wonderful day. All right, thanks a lot for calling in, Theo. And yeah, see, here's something kind of interesting (laughs) has come up. As noted, Rebel Moon has not come out yet, right? The audience... Has not seen it yet. Now, Rebel Moon did not have a true limited release. It had a couple of uh, in-theater screenings, though. There were a, a small handful of in-theater. Not a legitimate limited release, but a small handful of those things. Now, I, just to set the stage for this, for theatrical movies that come out in theaters, Rotten Tomatoes a few years ago, because of people abusing the audience score system, Rotten Tomatoes implemented a new system for theatrically released films where they only really highlighted verified audience scores, which means the an audience member submitting a score had to be able to verify that they actually saw the movie through Fandango's ticketing system, Regal's ticketing system, or AMC's ticketing system. And if you had actually seen the movie, your audience score gets counted. The problem is... Rotten Tomatoes has no such safeguards for things that are coming out on streaming. They have no such safeguards. Now, Zack Snyder's last movie, a movie I quite enjoyed and that the critics quite enjoyed, Army of the Dead. Check it out. So Army of the Dead had a limited release prior to to its streaming thing. I got to go to a movie theater and go watch it. A lot of you guys did too. And like I said, it has a very respectable 67%. The critics generally liked this film. They enjoyed the movie. And it has a 75% audience score. Now, remember, this movie had a legitimate limited release run. And look how many verified ratings it has. Look how many ratings it has. 250 plus. Okay. Now, let's jump over to Rebel Moon. A movie that has not yet aired to audiences. It has a thousand plus ratings on it. That's a thousand plus trust me, bros. That's a thousand plus trust me, bro. Trust me. <laughs> um, for a movie that has not yet come out yet. Now, and would before, you call that the Zack Suit Mafia? <laughs> but but before we blame this, <laughs> before we blame this just on Zack Snyder fans, 
I want to also point out the opposite is true too. Because when I went in and started reading through them, not only, first of all, kudos to the people who were honest because I went through a bunch of them. They just honestly said, I can't wait to watch this movie. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> hey. like, well, that's, that's, you can't put it a critic. Re- you can't put it in a review if you're saying, it. but Hey, at least they were being honest. So there's a bunch of honest people in there saying, I know this movie's going to be great. Okay. Fair enough. At least they're being honest. As I read through some of the ones claiming to see the movie, you can see, you can clearly see they didn't, but out of the thousand plus, by the way, this morning, that was at 500 plus. Today, it's at a right, few hours later, it's at 1,000 plus. There were a handful of screenings that an audience could see, just a couple across the country. So there are some verified scores. Out of the 1,000 plus that are in there, anybody want to take a guess how many? Actually, Ray heard me say it. So Rob, do you want to take a guess out of those 1,000 plus, how many are verified that they actually saw the movie already and they've submitted a, a score for it? Do you want to take a guess? 75. No. Less. 50? Another guess? 50? Less. 30? Less. 26? Less. Less than six? Less than six. Zero? Three. Oh, I said two. I was off by one. Wow. Jonathan was only up by one. That's not good. Three, at least as of the last time I checked about a half hour ago. Three of them were verified. Now, listen, again, don't just think, because, you know, Theo in the question is asking, do you think this looks bad on the the Snyder fans? It's not just the Snyder fans. Because I went through, and while there are a bunch of five stars, this movie's awesome. You didn't see it, bro. There are also a, a bunch of them that are like one star. Zack Snyder sucks. One star. This is terrible. It's like, you didn't see the movie either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's it's a problem that goes both ways. And this is something that Rotten Tomatoes needs to fix. They fix the theatrical one because they put in the verified things. But then it becomes confusing to audiences. So it's like, wait a minute. Can we trust the Rotten Tomatoes audience scores or not? Because they have this verification system for movies, but just anybody can go on to RottenTomatoes.com and give a score to a something, a streaming TV show or a streaming movie, whether they've seen it or not, and go, one star, Zack Snyder sucks, or five stars, the critics don't know what they're talking about. The same critics that liked his last movie, Army of the Dead. I, I still... I laugh hilariously still when I I still get these comments from people saying, this is all conspiracy because the critics hate Zack Snyder. Really? Because his last movie they seem to like and his movie before that they seem to like. So now they don't like, no, they just didn't like the movie. Now listen, I'm not saying Rebel Moon isn't going to be good. I happen to like Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder's given me one of my favorite comic book films of all time in Man of Steel. I love Legends of the Guardians. Who doesn't love 300? I mean, I am... Going into Rebel Moon really crossed my fingers, and I hope it's great. I'm just saying this is yet another example, Rob, where Rotten Tomatoes has got to do something about their audience system for when it comes to things that are streaming on a streaming service because this is all bullshit. Like, that 72 could legitimately be a 90 or legitimately be a 3. Yeah. Like, it's just, it just creates confusion. People go in there to manipulate the system for their own personal agendas, whether it's giving it one star, giving it five. They got to do something to fix this. Anyway, what do you think about, 
you know, Rotten Tomato system right now? And, and where's your anticipation level like for Rebel Moon at the moment? Well, I mean, look, I, I think that any kind of online aggregate review system is open to being gamed, whether whether advantageously or if people don't like somebody to go on and say, fuck that guy, I don't like that guy, you know, screw him, he's terrible, or her, whatever. That's not cool. And I don't know how you would defend against something like that, but it isn't fair. I don't think it's fair either way. That's why I like the verification system that they have, which I think is important to figure that out. But in terms of, you know, here's the thing about Zack Snyder. Uh, he's made movies I've really liked. Like I was so, his first feature, Dawn of the Dead, was a remake of one of my favorite movies of all time. And I went in there with my arms crossed and I was all snooty like, F this guy. How can he remake one of my favorite? <laughs> and you know what? Within 10 minutes, I was won over by the opening sequence with Sarah Pauly and the the Johnny Cash, um, when the man comes around, uh, a credit sequence. I'm like, oh. And the one thing I love about Zack Snyder is he seems like the nicest guy in the world. He's out there making the movies he wants to make. Whether you like him or not, you can identify a Zack Snyder movie. I mean, he's got a thing. He's got a technique. He's got a style. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be considered Stanley Kubrick, but, you know, he's Zack Snyder. And I, I, whether I like his movies, like, I really didn't like Army of the Dead, and I was disappointed by it. But loved Man of Steel like you did. I really liked the Snyder cut of Justice League. Um, I uh, enjoyed Watchmen to a certain extent. But And Sucker Punch, I, I look at Sucker Punch, and I ask myself, how did this movie get made? But the only person that would have ever made that movie is Zack Snyder. Yep. So I will fairly say, I can fairly say that, hey, it might not have been my cup of tea, but I watch it in awe and wonder because I don't know how he got it made, but only he could make it. So at least he's out there and and I wish him the best. And I always go into something like Rebel Moon, which it's a remake of Seven Samurai. It's a remake of Battle Beyond the Stars. It's a remake of Star Wars. I don't care. I want to watch it. I, I hope it's great. Uh, it, it's a big, epic, original, even though it might have been first proposed as a Star Wars project. An original, I'll put quotes around it. But still, I mean, you know, if I was a kid, I would have been so excited for this movie because I like science fiction, action, adventure, space opera. Bring it on. You, What's not to like? You know, a part of this audience system, too, there's a, a bunch of people who don't really rely on um scores but we'll look at it just by glancing at it and be like oh the audience seems to like it yeah i'm wait, gonna wait. give it a shot um and it's all lies the system is just as bad as amazon i was looking for a chef's knife uh two days ago like on amazon and i was like this one is really cheap has a bunch of reviews i look at the reviews they're for some sort of drink packet people people had reviews for like a drink packet and i was like this seems just as bad when you do this. I don't know how to fix this system. Maybe they could they could have like a little check mark that says, "Have you seen this movie yet?" No, or like an anticipation. They're just gonna lie. Anticipation level. Oh yeah, you're right. They're just gonna lie. They're yeah, gonna true, the true. Yes I thing. didn't think about it that way. But they're, they're they're this does need to be looked upon because people are gonna be looking at just the score and not really digging into it. So maybe they might even assume, "Oh, this is out already." Like things like that, and they go searching for it and realize that it's not out. There's, there's just a mess, I think, with and, the uh, audience. You know, look, honestly, the only thing I think Rot Rotten Tomatoes can do about this is take down the audience score for streaming stuff. Until if you can't have a way to verify mm -hmm. that an audience person has actually seen, because everybody, too much of the audience today is about their agenda. Whether, and we'll just use the Zack Snyder 
as an example, okay? But it's not limited. It's certainly not limited to Zack Snyder at all. But e people either have their anti-Zack Snyder agenda or their pro-Zack Snyder agenda. And they don't really care. They're just going in, and I honestly, I think until they come up with a way to verify that somebody's actually watched the content they're coming in to rate, they should just take it down. I, I really just don't think they should have an audience score for streaming stuff. Just have it for the stuff that you can verify that people saw the movie. And until then, I, I don't really know what the answer is. And again, if any of you go and see, well, look, it's got a 72% audience score. It's all a lie. Any one-star review saying, this movie sucks? lie. They didn't see it yet. It hasn't come out. Five star. This movie's the best lie. They haven't seen it yet. It hasn't come out. Um, and, uh, I just, what can I say? It's just, again, rot, they've got to fix this system. They really got to figure out a way to fix the system for streaming stuff. I'm going to put my review up for blade already. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I can do this. I can put my Six stars, baby. Six stars. Come on. Mahershala. For blade. All right. With that down, let's move on to this, shall we? Speaking of stuff coming out on streaming, uh, I don't know that there's been an upcoming streaming thing that I had been less interested in than Echo. A character <laughs> they introduced on Hawkeye horribly that made me even less interested in seeing an Echo spinoff show before I saw Echo introduced on the Hawkeye series. Did a terrible job with that, in my opinion, at any rate. Then all of a sudden, they dropped this one trailer, you guys remember a few weeks back, that made everybody go, wait, what? What? That looks really good. Like, <laughs> even I, who couldn't give two squirts of urine about Echo, even I had to go, well, I, actually, that looks pretty okay. And then we started hearing first reactions coming out about it. At least people who saw the first couple of episodes, and they say, this is actually pretty good. And a couple of people who said that I know for a fact have not been looking forward to this show at all. They're like, okay, that's interesting. Well, now they've dropped another trailer, a little teaser. And they hearken back to the days of old movie trailers with the voice of God in a world <laughs> where they actually have the in a world voice going on. Now comes Disney's. Most brutal show ever. <laughs> Catch all five episodes. Actually, it actually made me roll my eyes. The, the, the narrator talking like this. But they promote it as the most gritty, violent show Disney Plus has ever put out. And whereas that first trailer looked pretty gritty and violent, this trailer was just all violence porn. <laughs> I mean, it was. It was just from the first start. Kingpin thanks you for a service. Shoot the guy in the face cutting guys' necks with blades in your brood, breaking a guy's necks, beating the living crap out of people. Like, I mean, it's just all violence. And Kingpin going, you want a war? Ah, I'll break out my Hawaiian shirt if you're not careful. Yeah, so he's, I mean, it's brutal. And they go, but at the same time, I got to say this. The ad spot is pure pandering to the people who are like, I want R-rated stuff. This whole trailer spot is just a pure pander 
to that to those people because this is Disney's most brutal thing yet. All five episodes. Oh, and you got to make sure you go in and click on TVMA on your Disney Plus. They actually go out. They actually go out of the way to say that. I mean, it's pure pandering. Hundred percent, it is. But again, I'm not going to lie. I got even a little bit more interested in watching Echo after watching this particular spot. Anyway, Rob, you had a chance to see the new spot for Echo titled Rampage, which, by the way, the name of my superhero role-playing game character when when I play DC Heroes. Um, Echo Rampage, what did you think of the spot? Despite my better judgment, I'm like, I'll watch that. I mean, you know, it's it's, here's here was my problem. I mean, not... I just felt that that actress, I don't remember her name. Alakwa Cox? I didn't find her a a very compelling presence in Hawkeye. And I'm hoping that since they built a show around her, that admittedly she wasn't given a lot of screen time, but I'm hoping that, you know, she rises to the occasion and, and makes me love her as a protagonist. But, I mean, come on. I watched this trailer as an old school action fan how can you not watch this trailer and think that that's kick-ass i'll tune in i just hope it doesn't turn out to be a disappointment john i really want it to be great i really do ray jonathan you guys had a chance to to watch the trailer what did you guys think of it go ahead ray oh well i'm ready for this uh this show i mean i i had nothing against hawkeye i actually want to know more about this character i didn't watch any of the i watched the first season of uh Daredevil on Netflix. Um, I'm not sure if Kingpin was introduced in that season. I forgot. It was a long time ago. In Hawkeye? Uh, no, no, no. In Daredevil season one. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. The only... I, I just want to see what they're going to do with this TVMA. I mean, I that you you were there when I was watching the trailer, right? Yeah. Uh, um, and we just got something... Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. But um, did you get that uh, message? <laughs> All right. And yeah, Jonathan, yeah. what do you think about it? Okay, yeah. I, yes, they are pandering in it. But, like, I side with Rob, like, uh, hey, I'm going down this five-episode journey, man. <laughs> right. I, I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, maybe maybe all these scenes that were shown, the, that's the best of what's in it. And maybe the the story is gobbledygook. Um, <laughs> we do got our man uh, Daredevil in here fighting it up. So she dodged a, a swing at him. So, you know, she's putting up her own for a little bit. Look, I, I don't, and I don't care really about the, it could have done without even the cameo. Like, I just want it to be a good story. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm actually glad. And, and you mentioned, John, um, I, I don't know if you mentioned on the show, but we, you mentioned before we started the show, you're just like, yeah, but this five episode all at once, is it because it's bad? Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because while these trailers, including this new one, has increased my interest in it, one of the things that is still really holding it back as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that by dropping all the episodes at once, what what Marvel is telling me is they don't believe the show's good enough to build its audience if they release it episode by episode, right? Disney, Marvel, a couple of Marvel shows have really been the beneficiaries and a couple of their Star Wars shows as well of releasing one episode at a time because they built excitement, got people into it. Those people went out and became became evangelists to get other people to come in and get caught up. And you saw the ratings grow and grow and grow episode after episode. And it just makes me a little bit nervous when I see that Disney's like, we don't actually believe that would happen here. 
we don't believe the audience would grow week by week. And, and do you, so we're just going to drop all the episodes at once. And do you th- and also Daredevil Reborn or Born Again uh, being delayed is going to be uh, with this coming out so early. Do you? Because they're, they're going to be connected, right? We see we see these two series Maybe? probably connected. I mean, because Charlie Cox. Is I in thought there. so before. Uh-huh. I, I'm sure. Look, they're all in the MCU, so so one way or another, they're going to be connected. Look, we we need to move on. Though, oh, okay, okay. We've gone on this a little bit long enough. Um, now, guys, we're about to take a break, but before we do, we got breaking news. Yep. You guys know uh, there has been a trial going on with Jonathan Majors, and apparently a verdict has come in. We go over to uh, NBC News' website. Jury finds Jonathan Majors guilty on two counts in assault trial. The jury finds, uh, finds Jonathan Majors guilty on Monday of assault in the third degree and harassment in the second degree, both misdemeanors. Now, I am reading this uh, with you guys for the first time as we go. So I'm going to take a look at this. And uh, it says this, Jonathan Majors was found guilty on Monday of two of the four counts against him. I didn't even know the verdict was going to come in this quick. The nine-person jury found the actor guilty of misdemeanor assault and harassment in connection with a March 25th incident that erupted, according to Manhattan prosecutors, between Majors and his ex-girlfriend, Grace Jabari. Uh, while testifying, Jabari said she spotted she spotted a text on the actor's phone from another woman. That's when she grabbed his phone and she claims he physically assaulted her. Majors has maintained his innocence via his attorney. Uh, he faces up to one year in, j- in jail. NBC News has reached out to uh, Chaudhry. That's his lawyer for comment. So we don't have really any more details than that other than he's been found guilty on two of the counts, which I assume means he's been acquitted on the other two, on the other two counts. Uh, and the penalty for this, according to the report, is up to one year in prison. So apparently there was a jury that saw all the evidence. They heard all the testimony. They read all the reports. They were presented with arguments from the prosecution, from the defense. And the nine-person jury said he's guilty on these two things. So, since we are not a legal analysis show, let's discuss what are the movie repercussions here. What is the repercussions here for our entertainment industry, for the movies that we have coming out and that we're looking forward to? Rob, we've we've known for this whole time that this whole situation was one not of Disney's making, and yet Disney was going to be the ones that had to face some of the big consequences of it. They had Jonathan Majors as their prime antagonist for this and upcoming you know, phases of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was going to be kind of a major linchpin in this. These are misdemeanor things he's been found guilty on. Not, I, I think the other ones were the two more severe yeah. ones. Still found guilty on two of these. Of course, we talked the other day about the text messages that came out and the voicemail that came out that did not look good. Now we are here left to speculate, okay, now that we've got the result, what does Disney do about this? Now, before we give our speculation on that, it's important to note that there have been some reports that through no fault of Jonathan Majors, Marvel might have been looking at moving on from Kang anyway just because the story hasn't really been working out. So there is a possibility that innocent or guilty, they might have been moving on from Kang anyway. Right? So we, we got to keep that in mind. <coughs> but let's assume for a second that the plan was to stick with the plan, still have Kang. Rob, what do you think? And we're only speculating here. 
We're only because we don't know. None of us have talked to Kevin Feige or Bob Iger or whoever. But what do you think Marvel does at this point? Do they either take out Kang or take out Jonathan Majors as Kang? Do you think they continue on? How do you think Disney has to respond now? Well, first of all, a misdemeanor, a third degree misdemeanor assault charge. Someone takes your phone, you push back. You know, that could be considered misdemeanor assault. It's not like somebody belted somebody in the face. So not that I'm absolving anyone of of, of guilt, but but at least it's not like a first degree assault charge. Yeah, these are, again, let me emphasize, these are the least severe yeah, of the, the four charges. That absolutely. I mean, you know, the real question is, it sounded like it was an altercation amongst people. It, it happens. I think, though, that Disney being Disney, being a family company, I think they have extra pressure on them to try and keep people as squeaky clean as possible. I mean, whether that's right or wrong, I think that's Disney's, um, that's kind of what they want to, that's the image they want to put out into the world. So I do think that Jonathan Majors as Kang is in a precarious position. Yet they have set it up that there's many different variants of Kang. There's nothing that says that Jonathan Majors can't be replaced. Terrence Howard was replaced as Rhodey. And they literally say in Iron Man 2, listen, that's let's not talk. He says, John, Don Cheadle says something effective. I'm here. It's I, me. It's, get yeah, over let's, it. Let's get over it. And so they could easily do that. Whether they're going to move forward with Kang, I think, is not necessarily contingent about, about this court case. Kang, the Kang character has not been set up and worked as they think, as I think they thought that he would. Yeah, agreed. So it would not surprise me if they go into a different direction. Maybe they introduced Doom earlier, but maybe they are too far down the road. I mean, they, we've heard announcements that the Kang Dynasty, Avengers Kang Dynasty is still continuing as Avengers Kang Dynasty. So uh, until we hear otherwise, I don't think we can say anything definitively, but I can say this from my perspective, right now they're at a crossroads. It wouldn't surprise me if they replace Jonathan Majors and move forward with the Kang Dynasty project as they conceived it. But then again, it also wouldn't surprise me if they scrapped the Kang storyline altogether. So I think we're at a crossroads now, and I think Disney has a decision to make that I think they might not have made yet. See, I, I think this is the result that literally does put Disney in a position where I think all their options are open to them. Because if he was just acquitted of everything, yeah. right? I think... Were they still going to do the Kang story, I think they would have quickly said, okay, he was acquitted on, on everything. We're going to keep him as Kang. If he was found guilty of, say, a couple of the more severe charges, I think that makes it pretty cut and dry. I think Disney then goes, you know what? It's We wish you well, but we can't be associated with what happened with you. And then they move on. I think this puts them squarely on that razor's edge in the middle where they literally, I yep. think they could justify going either way. I think if they decided they wanted to move on from that, they could just say, look, it wasn't a good look having text messages come out showing that you were more concerned about your image than an injured woman going and get getting medical attention. And the fact of the matter is you do face some prison time right now, possibly. And this is something we couldn't. I could also see Marvel and Disney going, okay, you know what? It's not a good look, but you were acquitted on the more serious charges, and we're going to take a little bit of a PR hit probably, but I we we think we can keep moving forward with you. I honestly don't know which way they're going to go on this. I, I, this is the exact verdict that I think puts it 
as in all options are still on the table. So, and, I, and by the way, I wouldn't blame them for either one. They've got a lot invested in Jonathan Majors. I wouldn't blame them if they decided, you know what? Let's keep moving forward with them. And it's just enough of a bad look that I wouldn't blame them if they went, you know what? It's We've got enough problems that we're dealing with right now. We don't want to bring this into it into the house too. So I, I can see them going either way on this. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, in the coming days. Uh, again, guys, this literally is just breaking. Uh, we're going to have to wait to hear more details about what's going on, and we'll talk more about it in the coming days. All right, guys. With that down, we still got to talk about new reports coming out confirming that Ryan Coogler is, in fact, going to be rebooting the X-Files for Disney, and Matt Reeves is developing an Arkham series that is not going to be based in the Batman universe, but rather in the brand new James Gunn DCU. We're going to talk about that in a few things more, but before we do, we're going to take a quick moment here and thank one of the sponsors of today's episode, two of them actually, our friends at Factor and Quip. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of this video, Factor. This bustling holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with Factor. Skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and get Factor fresh, never-frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Choose from 35-plus chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. Looking for calorie-conscious options over the holidays that don't skimp on the flavor? Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. And Factor isn't just for dinner. Count on extra convenience any time of the day with an assortment of 55-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. So guys, head to factormeals.com campia50 and use the code CAMPIA50 to get 50% off. That's code CAMPIA50 at factormeals.com slash CAMPIA50 to get 50% off. Guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Quip. Good health starts with good habits, and Quip makes forming good dental habits easy by delivering all of the oral care essentials that you need to care for your mouth. I've already told you guys about their incredible toothbrush that is now my favorite toothbrush I've ever owned, and their mints and gum are amazing. But now I want to tell you about their water flosser. It hits all the right spots with gentle or deep cleaning pressure at the touch of a button. And don't worry about recharging. The cordless rechargeable battery lasts up to eight weeks with daily use, no bulky charger, or dock or tangled cords. It blasts away up to 99.9% of plaque and popcorn from treated areas with precision thanks to the 360-degree rotating magnetic floss tip that snaps right into place. It's easy to control water flow that leaves you feeling squeaky clean. And the sleek and slim design, it keeps your countertops as clean as your teeth. So guys, if you go to getquip.com campia right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, and water flosser. That's 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, water flosser at getquip.com slash campia. Spelt G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash campia. Quip, the good habits company. And thank you to our friends at Factor and Quip for sponsoring today's episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to this, shall we? There's a report now out saying that Ryan Coogler 
course, the director of things like Creed, Fruitvale Station, Black Panthers 1 and 2, is going to be spearheading and developing a brand new X-Files reboot. As a matter of fact, if we go over and take a look at IGN, they have the story here saying, the X-Files reportedly getting a new version from Black Panther director, The Truth Is Out There. Mm-hmm. And it reads as follows. The X-Files is reportedly making a comeback yet again after its recent lackluster revival. According to Bloomberg, the, pardon me, the popular 90s sci-fi show is in the running for what sounds like a reboot with Disney eyeing a new version from Black Panther director Ryan Coogler. However, uh, what form that will take remains to be seen. Now, if that sounds a little bit familiar, like, wait a minute, did, didn't I hear something about that before? Well, you wouldn't be wrong. Because all the way back in March, the beginning of the year, the original story actually came out that Coogler was going to be developing um, an X-Files reboot. And that came from X-Files original creator, Chris Carter, who said he was exciting that, you know, he was just talked with Ryan Coogler and Ryan Coogler was going to be developing this thing. Now, then why is it a story again, apparently? Well, part of the reason why it's a story again is because nothing was heard about it after March. So April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, like nine months ago, a full baby ago, um, that came out and then nothing. And then some people started to speculate a couple of months ago that, oh, that project got scrapped. But apparently, according to this new report in Bloomberg, nah, Ryan Coogler's still doing this thing. And Rob, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Like we heard that Ryan Coogler signed an overall development deal with Disney yeah. for their various branches of media. Obviously, we've got like a Wakanda, apparently now an animated Wakanda show coming. We got a Wakanda live action show coming. He's going to be working on other projects. But in X-Files, okay, so two questions. I know you watched the original X-Files. Oh, yes. Big fan. Is the X-Files something, a a conceit that could still work today? And is there a hunger for a relaunch of an X-Files project? And and which form do you hope it takes? Could it be in the same world as Skulder and Mulder? uh, Skulder. (laughs) Mulder and, and Scully, like, years later, but with new characters? Should it be a reboot with the original characters? Should it be a totally reimagining of the X-Files concept? What do you think? Well, first of all, we live in an X-Files world now. I mean, I'm watching stories about UAPs and the fact that aerospace companies have been, been, uh, maybe it's not alien technology, whatever technology it is, you're seeing hearings at, congressional hearings about UFOs or UAPs. So I think our world is more X-Files than it's ever been. Conspiracy theories with the internet, computers, AI, UAPs. Our world is ripe for an X-Files remake. I think what Ryan Coogler did with Creed and how he updated the Rocky universe stayed in in universe, but gave it a great update proves, first of all, I think Ryan Coogler is probably a huge X-Files fan. I would imagine he is. So I think knowing what we know of him, he'd want to have it stay in continuity. The the last two seasons of X-Files were really lackluster. They were not good. The articles, they weren't well watched. They, they weren't. They weren't good. It wasn't well done. But this show, the the premise, and and to be fair, John, the X Files premise, way overstayed its welcome. They lost the engine that made it go. But the first seasons two, three, four, and to a certain extent five and some of six were incredible genre television. And I think Ryan Coogler is the perfect guy to bring it back. I think Disney's poised to have something really cool. I think it should stay in continuity so they can bring back Scully and Mulder if they need to. But I think it could be a whole new group of people. And um, 
an ensemble show, maybe not just Mulder and Scully. I think it could be great, but again, it needs somebody that really knows and understands and has a vision for the concept. And I think Ryan Coogler's the man to do it. I think he's thought about it a lot. I I have two different thoughts on about which way this should go because my my personal first choice would be what you're saying, which is have new characters, but it takes place in the same world. Like, yeah. Uh, Scalder, Scalder, <laughs> um, that these Duchovny and and uh, uh, who's who is it that played uh, Scully? Uh, 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 why Jillian I, Jillian Anderson. Anderson, thank yeah. you. So that those characters were real. They founded this division, and now it's later on these new characters, and you're following their adventures. And like you said, you then open up the possibility for some cameo appearances if you want to down the road. The problem, though, that I have with that is that it makes storytelling-wise very complicated because the lore created in X-Files became so muddled. I mean, there's so much that they say, this is a reality in this world, and this happened in this world, and this happened in this world. It's like, where do you go from there? Like, how do you start with a sense of conspiracy or a sense of wonder when they kind of made everything like very complex. And, and like, it's almost like they'd be starting with their hands handcuffed a little bit. You're not like, wrong. Like, whereas with Rocky, cause I, I'm so glad you brought that's such a great observation that we have an example of Ryan Kluger coming in, telling a new story, say, let's make it in the same world and connect it to the old world. But you really are starting fresh page one with a brand new character. Right. And Rocky's going to be there, but with X files, what is there going to be a mystery that they're going to find out there are aliens? Well, we've already kind of covered that in the universe of the X-Files, right? So I I don't know. Ryan Coogler calls you on the phone today. And says, Rob, I, I got to make a decision here. Like they, the Iger wants an answer from me. Is it going to be continuation or is it going to be kind of a new way of looking at X-Files? Which way are you recommending he goes? I, I would rather see him do a continuation. But what you can do is you can reframe everything that came before and we and show it to us in a different way that what we thought that was happening was not quite what was happening and it's being reframed now and i think that there's so much interesting stuff occurring because look even in our own world the x-files started in 93 and it was playing in, I can't believe it's 30 years old. And it was playing into the idea that we'd had Project Blue Book in the 60s looking for aliens. And we had Roswell. And all that stuff really uh, uh, had been in our culture for a long time. And we had Who Shot JFK? And uh, coming off of Oliver Stone's movie, that conspiracy thriller stuff. Um, it was very rich in the culture already. But now our world has gotten even wackier you know, with the rise of the internet and all these different crazy groups all over the place and and uh, belief systems and flat earthers and call it what you want, but there's so many different interesting fringe elements that have arisen because of the internet and the, the world. And maybe what they knew in the 90s was something that isn't the real truth that everybody was looking for is very different and very weird and what we saw in the X-Files was framed one way, but like Obi-Wan said, from a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. Uh, what you thought you knew is wrong, you know, and, and, and play around with that because I think that could really do a lot for the show. Again, what this show needs more than anything is a strong vision 
because I think the two seasons they did the reboots were really lackluster and really disappointing. And so is that second movie. But here's another part of the question, though, because you brought up the the response to and the quality of the the relaunching of the show. I wonder if there's a hunger for that kind of show anymore, because I think about a year or two ago, guys in the live chat, help me out here if you remember the name of the show, because I cannot remember the name of it. But about a year or two ago, I think it was Fox, it might have been another network, launched a new show about, that was kind of X-Files-ish. The basic conceit of the show was there was an alien spacecraft that got destroyed and fragments of it fell to Earth. Oh, yeah. And this government, this dual British-American government team. It wasn't V, right? No, it wasn't No, no, no. I watched this show. I can't remember the name of it. Each piece of, each fragment of the debris of the alien ship would give a person who found it a different superhuman power. Yep. And so if you found this scrap piece of metal, it gave you this power. If, if you found a different piece of metal, it gave you this other power. And this secret organized group oh was going around to, no, it wasn't called, it wasn't Fringe. No. No, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't the Blue I book. watched this show wasn't too. The, oh, name, somebody you're saying is actually called Debris. Yes. What's it actually yes. called? It's it, called Debris. Yeah. And so it was very much in the spirit of an X-Files sort of thing. And I actually thought the show was pretty good. Yeah. Nobody watched it. And, no. and so I'm wondering, with the re- lack of response that the Revival show got, with other shows like Debris, there, oh, thank Jonathan pulled up the thing, um, with Debris, which again, I like this show. I do too. This is the first time I've ever heard of but it. But nobody was seemed interested in it. Will people be interested in a return to X-Files, do you think? I, I think it, it, look, the thing that sold the X-Files was Mulder and Scully, that that frisson in their relationship. You know, he was a believer. She was a skeptic. She was supposed to debunk him and all that. It, it's, I think this is entirely reliant upon who they cast. And in this case, with Ryan Coogler doing it, I would love to see, I mean, you've got to have pe- people that are very different than Mulder and Scully. And if you, this is the one time, maybe not the one time, there's a lot of casting opportunities. You know, somebody talks about diversity and all that. I would have no problem casting two really magnetic personalities, maybe younger people that uh, we don't know we, that you put them, because David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson were not that well known. You know, you'd seen David Duchovny in like Red Shoe Diaries. Red Shoe Diaries. And (laughs) cha-ching, swing. Love Red Shoe Diaries. But but, I mean, I do think that this is a really great opportunity, but it has to be a really great cast. And you know what? Maybe it's not just two people. Maybe it's a team now. And I would love to see a team. You know, like I I think back, remember the movie Sneakers? Oh, I love Sneakers. Sneakers. Robert Redford. Yeah. Sir Sir, uh, Ben Ben Kingsley, Kingsley. River Phoenix, Sidney Poitier. James Earl Jones popping up at the end. Yeah, I mean, I would love to, because Sneakers kind of was going after government conspiracy kind of thing. If you had a team like you had in Sneakers or or like uh, Now You See Me or whatever, that magic group yep. of men. Now You See Me. A, a team like that, like the Leverage team or something, maybe it could be, or an Ocean's Eleven team. Something like that could really revitalize the franchise and make it great. The oh. Scooby Gang. A Scooby Gang. Scooby gang. Also, I want to point out, like, if, if YouTube is a, a measurement of, like, what people are into... Like, I watch a lot of the alien conspiracy stuff put on YouTube by the History Channel. I mean, there's one that was just posted, like, four months ago. There's 
3.3 million views. Yeah, it's pretty huge. It's if they yeah, can, if, but I can if they can get into that. I that can find too. YouTube videos of a girl giving you a new way to put nail polish on that's going to have 5 million views. I, I don't know if that's necessarily. But did she get her nail polish from Aliens? Well, see, now that's what's going to break YouTube. An alien does the girl's nail. Well, what's really going on here? What's in that nail polish? What's in the nail? That's what I want to know. All right. Guys, we got to move on from that. Let us know what you think. Would you be interested in a revival of X-Files? I, I wonder if there would actually be an audience for it, to be honest with you. Anyway, that down. Let's move on to this, shall we? One of the best things that has happened in the comic book movie genre of the past four or five years has been the Batman. Matt Reeves is the Batman there was a lot of hope going into it, and it did not disappoint. I thought maybe it was a little too long. I thought they could have shortened it a bit. But overall, I love that movie, and it got people really excited about Matt Reeves's The Batman Universe. Well, Matt Reeves is going to be doing a lot more, and not just in his Batman universe, but also in the DCU. Now, this comes from the folks over at Coming Soon. Right, this Matt Reeves' Arkham series will be part of the new DCU. I'm going to read this a little bit at length because it's some really interesting stuff in here. But Arkham, the spinoff series being developed by Matt Reeves, is set to take place in the new DC universe instead of the world of the Batman. Deadline reported the news as it popped up on DC Studios co-CEO James Gunn's Threads account. When asked what other DC projects the Batman director Matt Reeves is working on, Gunn revealed that the filmmaker is, quote-unquote, producing Arkham as a DCU series. When specifically asked if the Arkham series was in the DCU's continuity, Gunn further confirmed the info. Yes, the co-CEO stated, we love Matt as a director and producer, so he'll be producing stories both within his, the Batman universe, and within the DCU. Although the Arkham series seemed originally to be meant to take place in the world of Batman, Gunn said on threads that the show wasn't changed into a DCU project. He said this, it was one of the very first pitches that we bought when Peter and I came on board. Gunn, who became co-CEO and co-chairman of DC Studios alongside Saffron last October, stated, I don't know the permutations it went through before that time. So according to James Gunn, this was always going to be something in the DCU. And that Matt Reeves has showed himself so capable and so good that not only is James Gunn saying, we're going to have you continue developing stuff for the Batman. Of course, the next thing coming out in the Batman universe is Colin Farrell's new Penguin series, which I cannot wait for. I am so excited for that series. I cannot wait. So he's going to continue to do stuff in the Batman universe, but also producing and directing stuff within the universe of this brand new DCU that's kicking off in 2025 with James Gunn's Superman Legacy. Some of the first questions I hear people asking, is that going to cause confusion? I don't think so. We, we've had, is this going to cause confusion issue come up a lot in recent years and very rarely does it. So I think we're going to be okay on that front. I love the idea that James Gunn is going to have somebody with the talent level of a Matt Reeves, not just developing movies in this very successful Batman thing that they're doing, but also helping to develop stuff within this DC Cinematic Universe I'm very excited about this news. I love that Gunn is saying this is one of the very first pitches we picked up, which means, you know, Matt Reeves obviously pitched it to him. I'm excited for this. I think this is great, Rob. I think there are probably different ways of looking at it, but he's saying this Arkham project going to be in the DCU and that Matt Reeves is going to continue to do the Batman universe and the DCU. What's your take on this? I think it's great because, you know, 
I really enjoyed Matt Reeves' take, like the Batman year two take. I really like what he did. I like the way he portrayed a universe. And let's say that's its own pocket universe. But him coming up with Arkham uh, and a a new take. I mean, we saw Arkham in obviously in the Batman, but but coming up with a his sensibility, whatever that sensibility is that I've enjoyed throughout the movies he's made. Him doing an Arkham series, he's going to bring that sensibility to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is, you know, and I think it could work inside or outside the DCEU because whatever this new universe is, it's now completely undefined. We know nothing about it. We haven't seen it. I mean, Superman Legacy is going to define that universe. And I think once it it, it is defined in terms of its tone and where we're going, I'm curious to see these other creators come in just like I like, you know, I, I look at this whole universe. The way I'm looking at it is how DC comics was post crisis on infinite earths in the mid eighties. They did crisis on infinite earths. Then you had different creators like George Perez rebooted wonder woman from issue one. John Byrne came in and rebooted, rebooted um, Superman from issue one. And you you had these things, and they were building a new universe and a new continuity with new creators as they went along in the wake of this giant cataclysm. So I kind of feel that, and James Gunn is a child of the 80s, and I think that's exactly what he's doing, and bringing in different creators to work under Gunn's umbrella, Peter Safran's umbrella, but mostly Gunn's, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think he has a vision. I think he knows what's up. I think he's going to give us something unified and cohesive, and he's going to have all these creators that are that are pretty much handpicked going to do something really special. And Arkham is going to be kind of a, a vital part because it, it's not just Batman. It's the Arkham Asylum where all of these rogues, whether it's Flash's rogues or Superman's rogues or Batman's rogues, are going to be part of and coming from and in and out of. And it's going to be a focal point, a fulcrum, if you will, of that universe. And I think knowing that they're working on it this far in advance, I think they're going to have something great. I mean, I think we should all give James Gunn the benefit of the doubt. He made three great Guardians of the Galaxy movies, a really fun Suicide Squad movie. I love Slither. I love uh, Super. Give the guy a chance to build it. Peacemaker's been killer. Yeah. And now him and Matt Reeves working together. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, obviously, we've had great storytellers make bad stuff and that could happen here absolutely but if you're looking for reasons to be skeptical or reasons to be optimistic i see a lot of reasons to be optimistic here with this so the one thing that is going to be a little bit disappointing to some people understandably is that when some people probably heard about the idea of an arkham thing right a lot of people probably instantly thought "Ooh, that glimpse of arkham that we got in the batman Mm mm-hmm where we had that one version of the Joker in there. We know the Riddler's in there. Seeing like, we're going to see a story about this thing being brought to life. Obviously, this is going to be a different Arkham. It's going to be a different Arkham and stuff it, like that. So I get some people might have been a little bit let down by that, but I'm, I'm very excited by the possibilities. Uh, it makes me wonder the uh, the process that I go through when I make these things is because, you know, in <laughs> the I Batman, but in all seriousness, Reeves' method, because in the Batman, he has a specific look for... You know, someone like the Penguin or someone like the Joker, you know, but now they're going to have to look different. So now he's got to have two things running concurrent where this is the look of my rogues gallery here. This is the look of my rogues gallery here. I'm not concerned or anything. It's just interesting that he's going to have to come up with two varying looks. So, Jonathan, do me a favor. Speaking of look, look at the camera for a second, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Let, All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's okay. see you. Look at the camera. All right. Now, now uh, let's go to my NDI. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'm still not completely convinced you're not actually Matt Reeves. Go back to my NDI. <laughs> like, I'm We're st- twins. <laughs> you clean up well, man. You clean up well. Just, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> Put on a suit. We're twins. Splitting image. <laughs> now, yeah. By the way, it's it's kind of funny. You can tell which people are just jumping on the live stream now. When I look in the live stream, saying, "John, breaking news! John yeah. Majors was found guilty." Yeah, we talked about that twenty minutes ago. We're good. We're good. Um, anyway, I think this sounds pretty exciting. So, what do you guys think about that? All right, guys, listen. We're now going to go to the most important part of the show, which is where we hear from you. What are your thoughts, theories, opinions, or questions you have about any of the topics that we discussed today or anything else for that matter? But before we get to that, we're going to take another moment and thank a couple more sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast, our friends at Rocket Money and my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, Mint Mobile. We want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's episode, Rocket Money. Do you struggle to save money every month? With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify all those sneaky subscriptions that keep charging you month after month and cancel any you no longer use. For example, did you know that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've completely forgotten about? It's too easy to subscribe to a free trial of something and then completely forget about it once you stop using it. That's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. I've told you guys before that when I started using Rocket Money, I realized that I was still subscribed to a gym in another city I had moved away from two years ago. Also, my music service? Yeah, I found out I was still subscribed to two others. How much do you think you're paying a month on subscriptions? Most people think they're paying 80 bucks a month, but they're actually paying closer to 200. That's why I use Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. With over 5 million users and counting, Rocket Money has helped save its customers on an average of $720 a year and $1 billion in total Total savings so far. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash campia. That's rocketmoney.com slash campia. Rocketmoney.com slash campia. Guys, we want to take a moment to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. Give yourself the gift of insane savings this holiday season with Mint Mobile's best wireless deal of the year. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. That's six months of premium wireless service for the price of three. And Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Seriously, I can't think of a better gift than turning an overpriced wireless bill into just $15 a month with Mint Mobile. I've told you guys many times since switching to Mint Mobile, I am spending less than a third on my mobile service plan with Mint than I was on the previous big carrier who was my provider. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes the significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. So again, for a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Rocket Money and Mint Mobile for sponsoring today's episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, let's get on to the real important stuff. You guys, what are you guys talking about? Let's get over there. Jonathan, what do we got? Brandon says, a recent report said studios aren't marketing musicals as musicals because test audiences hate musicals. Guess this explains the Mean Girls marketing. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of them you can't really tell. Like, the last one I remember that really promoted themselves as a musical was Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Right. I mean, because, like, that, well, the trailer was, like, all singing and dancing, right? The Mean Girls thing, what was the, the main plastic girl's name, Rachel McAdams' character's name? Uh, Regina. Regina. He goes, like, the first trailer I saw from the new Mean Girls was... I'm Regina. Like, yeah, and then Regina, like one little whatever. dance scene, that's it. But yeah, no music but for the it. most part, it doesn't look like a yeah. musical, right? Um, that <laughs> that could be considered deceptive marketing, but I get it. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing: if audiences aren't responding to musicals, why are they making musicals? Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. It's it, it's like, but the yes, Greatest Showman worked. Uh, the Greatest Showman worked, and you know, I'm Ken. Everyone loved that. You know, it's it's this idea that audiences don't like musicals is odd to me. If you've made a musical, somebody financed it. La La Land was was La La Land. I mean, it's like everything else, John. If it's good, people will find it, and people like it. It'll find its audience. It eventually will, whether it's theatrical or not. I mean, when I grew up, every kid I knew saw Grease. Grease was the yeah. word. Yeah, man. It's the word that you heard. It's got move. It's got feeling. But look at, uh, look <laughs> at Wonka. Grease is the time. It's the place. It's the motion. <laughs> look at Wonka right now, right? Wonka, it, it's a perfect example because, first of all, in your trailer, you got to tell a little bit of the story. It's difficult to do that with the musical numbers, right? You're going to have to use that with the dialogue parts. Yeah. But I thought Wonka was a good example of a trailer that showed a lot of the speaking dialogue, but they also showed you flashes of the musical numbers, too. So I thought that was pretty good. Marketing. A star is born. The yeah. Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Starsborn, Joker, too. Fale you do. Well, we don't know how. I, I, I've heard that that's not really a musical. I've heard there are a couple of musical numbers. Portions, not yeah. Bring it on. We'll see. All right. What's next? <clears throat> okay. We got AM uh, writes, how should younger audiences expect to follow the overarching storyline of the DCU when many of the films and shows will be mature? I think the uh, MCU had so much success because it was accessible to all. I think there are a million points of discussion we could have about what made the MCU so successful. I, I, I don't necessarily think it was because it was all PG-13, although you can make that argument that that's part of the reason for success. I mean, listen, it's not a coincidence that PG-13 movies in general will make more money than R-rated movies. I mean, for every one Deadpool or Oppenheimer we can point to, we can point to a million more R-rated films that didn't do quite as good box office-wise as maybe their PG-13 counterparts. Be that as it may. If they tell these stories well and make them good and make them quality, there is success to be had. Um, and whatever approach you take... There are pros and cons. You want to go the all PG-13 route? There are pros to that. But there are also some cons by staying away from the heavier material, maybe the more graphic material, the more mature material. With If you want to go a little bit more mature, there are going to be advantages to that. But there's also going to be some drawbacks. There's going to be some content that you create that won't be suitable for children to watch. Okay. Uh, and so it's always a balancing act between the pros and the cons, whichever way you go. So I, I think if they make them great... They'll be fine. But it all comes down to whether they make them great. All right, what's next? Gone with the Cheddar says, when people By talk By the way, $20 super oh, chat. Yeah, thank you, Gone with the Cheddar. Uh, when people talk about Zack Snyder's best films, it's crazy that no one brings up Watchmen. To me, it's a top five superhero movie. John, Watchmen is to me what Man of Steel is to you. 
I think both films uh, were, were way ahead of its time or their time. Watchmen is one of those films that is very divisive in the sense that I don't find many people that just kind of liked it. Like, I find most people really didn't like it or really loved it. I am one of those who's a little bit in the middle. Like, I, I liked Watchmen, but I, I honestly didn't think it was great. Personally, I didn't think it was great, but I'm not one of those people that thought it was terrible. Um, but you're not alone. Like, I know my friend, Den our friend Dennis, he loves Zack Snyder's Watchmen. What did you think of Watchmen? Well, As I've a read big the fan graphic of the novel. original graphic novel. Yeah, I've read the graphic novel like 30 times. I think there's. <laughs> I think the movie is a great recreation of the comic, and there's a lot in it that I love. I love seeing it brought to life, but there's other things in it that I don't. I think it's a great recreation, but it's not a great adaptation, mm. if that makes any sense. I think that I love Matthew Good, but I think he's miscast as Ozymandias. I expected a different kind of a portrayal. But then Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian is pitch perfect. I loved him as a comedian. Uh, I mean, uh, there's so much. So uh, to me, and I thought uh, 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 Rorschach was great. Um, uh, it's I just, it's, it, it, I really like it, but I want to love it and I don't. Mm. I still have to finish it. And there's three different versions of it. 15 years. Still haven't gotten around to finishing it. <laughs> I've tried to watch it. I just fall asleep every You time. know what? It's They changed the ending of the graphic novel, and I really like the ending in the movie. I like the graphic novel ending, but the movie graphic novel, yeah, or the movie ending is- would have worked as well in a live action thing. I, I know I'm, I'm not, I'm. this isn't the most popular opinion. I actually preferred in, in, in terms of the world of Watchmen, I preferred the HBO series. And the way like Jeffrey Irons, Jeffrey Irons, Jeremy Irons, as an older Ozymandias, like I, I really like that world a little bit more than the movie world. But again, there I know a lot of people that love that Watchmen movie. I, I'm I'm just not one of them. That's you all. know they pulled that Watchmen series off HBO. It's pulled off Max. Did they? Got to get it on physical media if you want to see it. Oh, I did not realize. Did they license it anywhere else? I don't think so. Did not yet. I'm sure they will now. eventually. All right. What's next? We got Terrence Fisher who says is the. Um, Ability to bring comments on the screen a function of OBS, or is it something else? Um, it is something else. We, to do our remote interviews, we use a service called VDO Ninja. And the same people who do that uh, make, I can't remember the name of it, but they make another plugin that it's a little complex and a little convoluted. It's things you got to do to get it to work. But they have this thing in place that allows us to do it. Uh, I don't, have we brought up any today? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there we go. There. <laughs> Officially, yeah. yes. There no, we have. Right we have earlier today, I did. So, yes. Anyway. All right. What's next? All right. Jermaine King says, John, I really enjoyed your poker Q&A vlog. Yeah. So, I, I've had some people asking me to... Okay. Uh, let, let me back this up a little bit. So, one of the things I think my channel lost when we moved out of my garage and into this space was when we were still in my garage, I still used to do a lot of things that made the channel still feel very personal, right? I would do a lot of things solo and we would do thoughts on walks and we do something, things that made it still feel very personal. And when we moved in here, uh, I think we were started to do a lot of things. You guys know earlier in this year, like we were running, sometimes we did like three shows a day and all this kind of stuff. And I, I made the one decision to kind of cut back a lot on what we were doing. But I was talking to Anne, and I realized we really don't do a lot of personal content anymore. So I had a day where on Saturday, Anne was going to do the Squid Games experience in LA, 
which she and our friend Laura had a great time, uh, or Kat had a great time. And I was going to drive out to Palm Springs to play poker. I thought, you know what? I'm going to, since I've got like an hour, 15 minute drive to go out there and I'm going to have some time to kill. Why don't I do a vlog and I'll answer some questions and stuff like that. So I, I did a little thing. I put it up on the channel there. You guys can go find it. And thank you for commenting. I actually had fun putting that together. I, I hope to do more content like that, including a returns a return of Thoughts on Walks or a version of Thoughts on Walks, the fireside chat. Right, just sit in my backyard by my fireplace. But I'm going to try to start incorporating some more personal stuff into the channel again. All right, thanks for asking that, man. All right, what's next? Chef Rigo says, uh, just like you, John, I film. I I film. I hated when I first saw. Oh, I think he means a film I hated when I first saw, but upon second viewing, I ended up loving was uh, by Tarantino. For me, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, for me, I I like I hated Inglorious Bastards the first time I saw it. I don't know what and you And then saw. I watched it like a year later. I'm like, what? Why? Why did I hate this? I love this movie. I, I, and I, to this day, I don't really have an explanation other than maybe I was in a super bad mood the day I saw it for the first time. But there's never been a movie like that for me that I absolutely hated the first time I saw it. And then I ended up completely loving it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a really interesting thing to me because I, I enjoyed the movie. I liked what they were doing. The ending is just batshit crazy. And I love the <laughs> ending. I love the ending. But I didn't love the movie overall. Like, I liked it. There's some certain elements I loved about it, but I didn't love it overall. Um, I certainly don't think it's one of Quentin Tarantino's better films, but what, what did you think about Once Time? You know, also, for me, when I first saw it, I, I didn't like it that much. I was a little disappointed, but I've come to love it because it's kind of a hangout movie. And once you know what it is, it's so much fun to revisit all of those things and 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 what's happening and the characters and it, it, I just I now I've come to love it. I, I feel about it the same way. Like I remember seeing movies like Dazed and Confused, and when I first saw Dazed and Confused, I thought it was okay. I love that movie. If I've got nothing to do, I'll throw on like a Dazed and Confused and just watch it because I like those characters. And that's kind of how Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is for me now. Boy, does it look good on 4K. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Anthony Oste says, hey, John, any chance we see a Sherlock 3 with RDJ? <clears throat> Maybe Jack the Ripper with the conspiracy connection to the royal family. Merry Christmas, guys and ladies. Merry Christmas. I'm going to tell you right now, I've, I've been wanting to see a return to that <clears throat> Sherlock Holmes movies. I, I like those Guy Ritchie Sherlock yeah. Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law as yep. a great Watson. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like the second movie quite as much as I liked the first one, but I've been waiting, and they kept saying, they've been saying for years, we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. I, I don't see it anywhere. I mean, I would love to, but I'll tell you what, with every week that passes, I think the chances for them doing a third one drop more and more. Yeah. So sign me up. I'd love to see it. I don't think we are going to, though. What do you think, Rob? Like you, I, I enjoyed those movies. And I think uh, what a great chemistry that Jude Law and, and Robert Downey Jr. had. I'd love to see a third one. Round out that trilogy. Why not? But like you said, Robert Downey Jr. is getting, getting older. My new obsession, John, is just watching Oppenheimer. <coughs> like, I don't care where I'm in you just Oppenheimer. Watch it over. I just keep watching it over and over. There's now clips on YouTube. The acting is so good, just watching people talk to each other. And Robert Downey Jr. is so good in Oppenheimer. But oh, I yes, look at him sure. and it's like, is he like 75 years old now? He's going to get an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor, I think, for Oppenheimer. Those, that entire cast, there's not one bad person in it. So good. Uh, by, by, by the way, I meant to bring this up earlier. 
So I loved Reacher season one on Amazon with Alan Richen. So they just launched recently Reacher season two and three episodes have come out. So yesterday after football, I decided to binge a little bit and, and watch all three new episodes. Can you bring this up, Jonathan? Oh, I think we well, found our, our new Batman. Oh, is it not working? Well, I got to bring it up. Here okay. we go. Our new uh, Batman? I think, we, I think we just found our new Batman. I, I mean, this dude, this scene, this is, this is a low-res picture. This dude dwarfs, dwarfs Jason Momoa. This dude dwarfs my boy Henry Cavill. I mean, this guy is a monster. And I really like his performance in the show. I I could totally see him as a Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. I could totally see him as Batman. I mean, I mm. or not. I think he's I think he's playing Damien. You think he's playing Damien? Yeah. I I'll tell you, he's the Robin. This is suddenly Robin will work in a movie. But I I after watching the first I think, yeah, this dude this dude could totally be Batman, depending on the kind of bear, uh, Batman they were going for. Of course, many of you will remember he was Aquaman in uh, Smallville, but who cares? It's time for him to graduate up to Batman, I think. Okay, anyway, sorry. Let's go back to your questions. What's next? All right. Uh, seconds from Disaster says, my girlfriend watched Blue Beetle with me, and she liked it, and I liked it a lot more this time, but I still don't like Carapax or most of his dialogue. Cringy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. And even the great Susan Sarandon, her character was a little over the top. I mean, l- listen, Blue Beetle was not a perfect film, but it was a fun, enjoyable little movie. I I had a good time watching it, but I I completely agree with your criticisms as well. They could have done a much better job on the villain side of it. Although I liked who they got playing Carapax, like I, I thought he did a fine job. It's just what they did with him was a little bit cringy. You're right. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says, have you seen Archer series finale yet? No, I haven't watched the latest season. It is one of my all-time favorite animated shows, Archer, but I haven't watched the newest season yet, and uh, kind of breaks my heart that we're going into the finale, but no, haven't watched the finale yet. All right, what's next? Jay Logo says, John, how about that Cowboys whooping? He, he, There are a few he. things in this world oh. that even if I'm having a bad day will make my day seem better. A Cowboys getting their asses whooped is one of those things that just makes the day seem better. Always, especially at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. Love seeing the Buffalo Bills just run it down their throats all day yesterday. There was one point, (laughs) Rob, where, uh, why am I freezing on the running back's name for the Buffalo Bills? But he had like 162, no, no, 192 yards. This one guy on the Buffalo Bills had 192 yards. The entire Dallas Cowboy offense had 92 yards. Uh, like he alone doubled them. Can, can I say something real quick? Y- yes. I do want to visit that stadium one day, John, and most likely. Oh, the Cowboys Stadium? Yes. Absolutely. And you are making that very difficult for me. No, you just go as the opposing team, the visiting team. Yeah, go, go to. I, listen, I would love to see Jerry's World. Yeah. That stadium looks world class. I mean, you still got to see SoFi Stadium. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I was there for WrestleMania. Oh, that's right. You were with yeah, us for WrestleMania. Yeah, no, this, yeah, this so stadium is great. I would love to see Dallas. The Dallas's, like, whatever, anything yeah. else aside, that stadium looks sick. I'd yeah. love to visit that stadium someday. All right, what's next? Ron H. says, about the Rotten Tomato score, why can't the system just not allow audience score until the release date of the film? There you go. That's I mean, for number one, that should absolutely be, yeah. I don't know why they even opened it up for 
for people to drop anything in there. But even then, once it opens, anybody who hasn't even watched it yet can just go in there and drop one star, because I think Zack Snyder sucks. Five stars, because Zack Snyder's the best ever. Even whether they've seen the movie or not, they got to figure out something to fix that. But yes, not allowing anybody to drop one in there until the movie's actually out, that would help. All right, what's next? Uh, is it John Redcorn? Yeah. Uh, says, I want to be uh, excited for Beverly Hills Cop 4, but Coming to America 2 is so bad. Even though it's not the same director, I like the trailer, though. Coming to America 2 was so bad. Oh, was it? It was so bad. I was so disappointed because I thought the trailers looked pretty good. And that movie was just terrible. And listen, I like the trailer. You saw the trailer? Oh, I watched it like three times. I, I liked his great scene, Judge Reinhold in there. and uh, Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know what? And Eddie Murphy looks great. Oh, dude, you I know, thought, do you know he's like 62? I know. He looks great, and looks I'm like, like... he's in his late 30s. And I, I I hated... I love Beverly Hills Cop 1, and I like Beverly Hills Cop 2. I hated Beverly Hills Cop 3. I think a lot of people did. And, and this looks... I, I, I'm excited. It looks good. I But again, I share your... Um, reservations because I was very excited for coming to America too and that was real bad again it's a different group of people making this movie totally different thing so fingers, fingers crossed, crossed man alright what's next phonetically I like goat not egot uh, <laughs> as in goat yes I got that okay. goat not egot you know, the, of course the egot is one of the rarest feats that you can accomplish as an entertainer because that is winning uh, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Tony. A Tony Award. But if we have it his way, it's going to be a Grammy, an Oscar, a Tony, and an Emmy. Yeah. You're a sick person, Walter. Just sick. Ugh. <laughs> All right, what's next? There Okay, Culture Wars Diplomacy says, considering mutants can hurt people with uncontrollable powers and psychics, whatever, can alter your mind easily, um, what should happen if mutants existed? You know, that is one of the great things about what they created with the X-Men is that while there is good and bad, there are also some legitimate moral questions that need to be asked. Because... What happens if some teenager has the ability to make everybody around them think they're a chicken, right? Like that's, that's legitimately dangerous. What do you actually do? I mean, it's one thing if you have a mutant who has the ability, if they want to, to shoot lasers out of their eyes. Okay, well, maybe they have to be registered, which was one of the big storylines in Marvel Comics, like they would have to with any weapon. Um, I, I mean... Honestly, it would be real messy if mutants actually existed in our world because what do you do about it? And it raises some great moral questions and good stories should do that. They should make you ask tough moral questions that don't have clearly defined answers. Look, look, look see, in Monarch, they, they showed what the Japanese people are doing. They just living their life. And then if God's us with all those signs of uh, the emergency, I like the way they're doing it is what I I'm saying too. in Monarch. Oh, yeah. Like they have just those signs and people just learn to live with it. If they can't do anything about it, they just learn to live with it. But, but it's different from a force of nature, giant monster the size yeah. of a skyscraper That's versus to a person who has one points. out of every 75 or 100 people you come across could have this ability to melt your face off if they wanted to. Like, 
what do you do as well, a society? Look down and you keep walking. This <laughs> I mean, this is what I do. I don't know if it's, anyone's ever addressed it, but I would build giant, probably like 30, 40 foot robots that would then, you send them out into the world and they try mm. to capture these people. So they could act as sentinels, if yeah, you will, overlooking great, the protection exactly. people. You read that would be interesting. I got some colors for you I would like to <laughs> That All right. would be very camouflage <laughs> What's next? All right, Walter White Walker says, when Margo and Aleda first reunite, tears, man. Bro. Bro. What is this about? Oh, yeah. Is that a fraud? Oh, oh, yeah. By the way, Coral Pena, who plays Aleda, she liked a post I made on oh, Instagram for, oh, for all mankind. Oh, Thank you very right. much. That's the younger one, right? Yeah, the, one, the younger uh, NASA director. Yeah, she made me cry. She made me cry. And by the way, she's not done making you cry when you see the rest of the season. Well, you're a spoiler alert. Wait, all right, what what's next? I was a spoiler. <laughs> all right. Well, Walt White. <laughs> what am I saying? Walter White Walker is back <laughs> out <laughs> there. Wait, 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 out there about uh, how about RDJ's King? No, no, no. That's just that's just. There's just too many problems with that. All right, what's next? All right, uh, Preston Pringle says thoughts on the UFC card Saturday. As long as Colby Covington loses, it's a good day. Oh, did you see that Joss Emmett knockout though? Oh yeah, I heard about it. That, that, that dude was convulsing right? on the floor. Even I saw that dude. But it he, was brutal. He, back in the locker room, he put up a video though. Said, "Hey, everybody, thanks for the. Well, I'm fine. Everything's fine." But yeah, that was scary. It was scary. That nightcap was brutal. Mm. All right, what's next? Walter's back. Amazing cast knocking Fargo Five out of the park. This is the one with uh, John Hamm in it, right? And Juno Temple. Yeah, I. I'll be honest with you. I've never watched a single episode of Fargo. Oh gosh, dude, it's I've a seen the movie. Good- each season's different. Everybody yeah. tells me it's good. It's I've only good. seen one through three. I haven't seen the fourth with Ewan McGregor. Yeah. All right. What's next? It's good. To, they're all good. Um, Mumra says, directors of Bad Boys left Axel F to do Batgirl. Would you like to eventually see a Bad Boys Axel crossover? Those three leads together would be stellar. That could work. Ah, uh, sounds kind of gimmicky to me. It definitely would be gimmicky. You know what? Ask me that question again after I see Axel Foley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because if it's great, maybe. If it's coming to America Part 2, maybe not. Yeah. Because I really like the last Bad Boys. And if they... I, I'd rather not see it get brought down by a currently bad Beverly Hills Cop franchise. You know what's crazy, John? Uh, 2024 is the 40th anniversary of Beverly Hills Cop. Oh my God! Really? And that he means he looks like he's five years older. Forty years different. So, so he's been he's been a cop a, a a cop on the streets for forty years, forty plus years. <laughs> I think what I so long see, time. His name is shortening too. If if if, <laughs> if the actor wasn't so problematic, uh, what I would have rather have seen was uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop and a uh, Lethal Weapon crossover at some point in my life. That would that could have worked out. Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah, yeah. The, for, when you look at the DNA and the style yeah. of, the, mm-hmm. of the stories, it could have worked. All right, what's next? Just like uh, Alien and versus Predator. That worked. <laughs> yeah, did, that yeah. worked. Totally worked. Seconds from Disaster says uh, minus one was the Godzilla we always wanted. Wrecking shit. Yeah. Again, I. <sighs> it hit my top five, John. It hit my top five. It's top in my five top of five of, of this year. Top of five movies. of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite my top five of the year, but I really enjoyed that movie. A lot. It's just, and again, no hero Godzilla. He, Godzilla's a problem. Godzilla's, <laughs> right. Godzilla's just a big, <laughs> destructive force of nature. Again, Props listen, it. 
It ain't all that different from every other Godzilla movie. Go on. But I can't. It wasn't. I, it made me a little emotional. At but the I have. Me too. Me too. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's the best Godzilla movie ever made. But I'm just saying on paper, it's not all that different from every other Godzilla movie <laughs> no, other than the North America. But what saved it was the human performances. Those performances yeah. were great. Oh, they were great. Well, the human the human story actually had, if you took Godzilla out of the movie. It was still a good movie. It was still a good, yeah. Yep. Can't say that about many Godzilla movies. <laughs> All right, what's next? Bobby Jackson says, Bummed to hear Warrior has been canceled, but yeah. Happy Netflix is picking up the three seasons. Hopefully we can get a Suits resurgence for it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Unfortunately, I read the news this morning that oh. Warrior got canceled after season three. But, I mean, what do you expect when you literally went four or five years in between seasons? Everybody forgot. I mean, I love that show, and I forgot it was coming out. So right, so well, they so did announce the new show Warrior in Suits. Warrior in Suits. So it's not going to get a proper ending then for all the fans out there. They didn't know this before they shot the season. Well, I have not seen. See, I haven't seen all the way through season three yet, so I don't know how it ends. Oh, okay. I don't know how it ends, so we'll see. All right, what's next? Armando Gonzalez says uh, Jonathan Majors has been convicted. Breaking news. Well, what? 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 Hold on. Let's look this up. Okay. Dude, yeah. it's like they're making a Madam Web movie or something. Uh, again, Wait, it's, Im it's important movie? to point out, though, I, again, it, and for those of you who joined us late, we did cover this earlier in the show. Look for the segment that we'll put up on the YouTube channel here shortly after the live stream is done. Uh, it, just remember, he was found guilty on two of the four counts, and they are two of the lesser serious ones. It still holds the potential of jail time. Uh, I don't believe he'll go to jail over this. There will be sanctions, clearly, but I, I well, we'll we'll have to see all the legal mm -hmm. analysis. Though we just got word that it happened, so we'll see. All right, what's next? Chris Truitt says, John, have you played the world, new World of Warcraft expansion? No, I abandoned. Okay, so I played World of Warcraft for twelve years straight, <laughs> nonstop. Then I took a break from it for a number of years. Then I got back on it a couple of years ago, and then the Battle for Azeroth expansion came out, and for me personally, I'm only speaking for myself. It ruined the game. <gasps> like it ruined the game for me. And I was like, I, I, I suddenly, all of a sudden my character, I couldn't do the things I used to be able to do. And it just really just changed things up too much. And I kind of got off the game at that point and I haven't been back on. Mm. So maybe someday I'll pick up World of Warcraft again. But I mean, I just got completely obsessed with Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, now that for, you're in that. Um, and now I want to try the new Pandora game, the the, the Avatar yeah, game that came cool. out. Uh, I just, I really want to try the Super Mario RPG. Ann and I bought it like two weeks ago, but we haven't had time to sit down and play it yet. Um, so there are a few other things, but maybe someday I'll get back on World of Warcraft, but I haven't done anything since Battle for Azeroth. All right, what's next? Moving on to our members here. Mighty Tank 1 says... Uh, one of my favorite South Park episodes is the one where Stan coaches a peewee hockey team oh and God. this movie narrator guy follows him around as if it's a trailer for an upcoming film. I haven't seen that one. Oh my is that God. one good? Yeah, because it follows it, they, it follows the Mighty Ducks. It's like very, very, but it's over the top. Like we're talking about baby, a baby hockey team, and they're placed against a pro team because the <laughs> team that they're supposed to face dropped out for some reason and they just go hard on these babies you got a bunch of bleeding babies on the, <laughs> and then they play the uh, karate kid song they're the best oh my <laughs> god really no one's ever gonna take it down all right it's what's such next? a great episode 
Dominic says, uh, love James Gunn, but the more he entertains bringing in things from past DC projects like Waller, Peacemaker, Blue Beetle, the more concerned I get for the new DCU. Why? It seems to have stopped there anyway. Yeah, it, it seems to have literally, that seems to be the extent of it. Uh, I mean, first of all, Peacemaker is the best superhero television show ever. Yeah, I'll say that. Peacemaker is the best superhero television show ever. All due respect to Smallville, which I love Smallville. Mm -hmm. Peacemaker's better. That's of course that's a very subjective thing to say, but it's what I'm going to say. Um, so I have I have no problem with that. We'll just have to see what the overall plan is and how it's going to structure. We're still a long ways off from it hitting, so we'll see. All right, what's next? Oh, wrong one. Uh, Red one. Real talk says, "Boy, did I love Wonka. The ending was just so uplifting. Reminding me of all the fantastic endings we've had this year. Spider Verse gave an inspirational send off with the end credits, and Oppenheimer served a, a grim gut punch. A all tonally different and yet memorable experiences I've treasured. I listen. I tell you, I I know I mentioned it in my review. I really liked Wonka. I I had a very 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 good time watching that. It was just a movie." That was just, not a lot of movies come out these days that's just about giving joy. And it's a movie that's just joyful. Um, Keegan-Michael Key is so criminally good in this movie. I do, Have you seen Wonka yet? No, not yet. Keegan-Michael Key is so funny in it. Um, and, and one of the things that I love most, and I mentioned this before, is that Timothy Chalamet, everybody knows, I think, out of any actor... If there was one actor alive today who has the potential to be the next Daniel Day-Lewis, I think it's him. But everything we've seen him in so far has been about a drug-addicted cannibal who eats toes off of dying deers. I mean, everything's been very, very heavy and very, very deep and dark. To see that he has that kind of range that he could step in and play Willy Wonka and play it really well. Um, the, flow, I, the flow of the film was great, too, because yeah, it good felt pace. like... There was no slowdown. We were just into it the whole time, whether they went from music to uh, just just talking. It all flowed perfectly well. And I'm with you. I'm I'm a after this movie, I'm all in on a Timoth Timothy Timothy Chalamet. Timothy. Yeah. I by the way, I don't think it's gonna happen, end up in my top five films of the year list, but I really, really had a good time watching it. Yeah. All right, what's next? The Brandon Salad says, Hey crew. Was able to check out Manchester by the Sea and absolutely loved it. What a great, genuine story that felt real. Uh, and had some incredible performances. Heartbreaking, definitely. Funny and feel good. It had it all. I mean, it's it's a powerful film. Yeah, I it mean, is. That, that Casey Affleck, um, <clears throat> I, did he get an Oscar nominee? Yeah, yeah, he did. He, yeah did. he did. Yeah, he did. Um, it's a powerful, strong, heartbreaking, you yeah. know, kind of movie. It's it's a it's a really good one. You should check it out. All right, what's next? Uh, Carmelo Smith says, hey, Oh, well, Chris and Ray, Netflix is going to make a remake of One Piece anime, and it's going to be uh, done, but uh, WIT Studios. Ray, I know there's over a 1,000 episodes of One Piece, so here's your chance to get caught up. Although, wait, One Piece. Whether well, you're going to make an animated a remake? remake? Yes. A remake? That's great. Oh, wow. That's yep. great. Yeah, let's do it. I want to start fresh. I don't want a thousand episodes on my shoulders. Because I'll tell you what, I have you watched the live action one yet? I've only watched the first episode. I don't have Netflix. Okay, I told everybody I was not interested in One Piece. And I'm not going to watch. Sort of do. But I then I got do. sick. <laughs> I got sick last week, so I was like, you know what? Whatever, I'll try it. I binged the whole season. It's it's really. I'm talking about the live action. Thing. It's I, wacky fun. It's it's seriously fun. Oh, the turns it's up seriously tables. fun. What's that? How the turns have How tabled. How the turns have tabled. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Dr. Stinky, 
says, hey, John and crew, I was at Best Buy yesterday and saw WandaVision in uh, as a DVD. I was confused, but I guess Disney's expanding their Disney Plus shows to DVD. Anyway, love y'all. Bring all on the filthy. At least for a little while. I mean, we've been talking more and more about Ann and I were in a Best Buy the other night. Uh, we went in because we were at a store beside it. Every once in a while, I just like I call Best Buy my toy store. So we go in and we'll walk around Best Buy. They literally had one standalone small shelf that said movies on it. I thought we reported that Best Buy was nixing all the yeah yeah they at are. the end of the year at oh, the end of the year that they're okay. that they're going to be cutting out all physical media. We already we told stories about how like Australia isn't going to be getting physical media pretty soon. Like it's just. Yeah, so I, I guess it's the last gasping breaths of of it. And all while a lot of people are really kind of realizing the value of physical media, mm -hmm. um, it is nonetheless doesn't fit into the business plans. Here's a strong sign that uh, a store is going to do away with them. When they start putting the spine, like they turn, they don't they yeah, no they longer turn. have the fa if face. Same thing happened with CDs. They yep. just turn them around and now you have to go through like a library and go through them. Yeah, it's it's bye bye time for uh, physical media. I'm sorry, Ralph. It's got a few <laughs> years left. You got boutique yeah. boutique uh, companies order direct. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? Amin says yesterday marked 20 years since the release of Return of the King. As uh, big of a Star Wars fan as I am, and even though I prefer the Star Wars universe more, I still think Return of the King is the greatest film of all time. I see no faults in the film. There's only one return, and it's of the Jedi, not of the King. One of the great oh, lines God. from uh, from Clerks 2. Yeah. Um, Star Wars is still Star Wars. I mean, that, that's it. But I, I have said before many times, I think, I'm not saying that I think Return of the King is the greatest movie of all time. But what I've always said, right back to my movie blog days, is when you take into consideration all the disciplines that go into making a movie, writing, directing, acting, music, set design, effects, every kind of conceivable thing you put into. I think Return of the King might be the single greatest achievement in filmmaking ever. It's it's a borderline perfect movie. Um, I love that movie so much. And to this day, it holds the record for most Academy Award wins. No film in history has ever won more Academy Awards uh, than Lord of the Rings Return of the King did at 11. There are two and other films. Everyone who was nominated won. Yep. Every, it was 11 for 11. Every wow, nomination, really? it won. Wow. Every single one. Absolutely crazy. Now, there are two other films that have tied it. Well, that had won 11 prior to Return of the King, but no film ever in history has won more Academy Awards than that movie, including Best Picture. All right. What's next? Uh, Inalo says, I watched Copland this weekend for the first time. I enjoyed it. I like that Stallone's character was reluctant to do the right thing. What are your thoughts on the movie? Thanks. I think it's Stallone's best performance ever. I think his performance in Copland is the best performance so he's ever good. given. Um, and who was the director of that again? James Mangold. That was Mangold who directed that, right? Um, so, yeah. I, so many people, when you bring up the conversation of Stallone movies, Copland is one a lot of people always forget about. Ray Liotta's in that one too, right? Yeah, Ray Liotta. Copland is great. So it's good. It's a great movie. All right, what's next? Um, we got uh, Bet's Hand says... Hey, John and crew, hope you're feeling better. Have you had a chance to check out Reacher? I liked it, and I'm glad we get, we'll get we get season three. Yeah, I'm still a little under the still a little bit under the weather. I've got halls right now uh, that I'm chewing on. But I'm much better than the last week, thank you. By the way, side note, 
Uh, we are going to be doing an open mic later today. We did no open mics last week because it was a real struggle for me just to get through the John Campia show all last week because I was sick. But uh, I am going to do an open mic later this afternoon. Hope you guys come back and join me. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, I have started watching Reacher season two. And again, look at this guy again. I mean, just, just bring this, look at this guy. This Bing. is, this is ridiculous. But uh, the show, I, I'll say this. I told Rob this too earlier. I'm not enjoying it quite as much as I enjoyed season one. I love season one. But I have very much enjoyed the first three episodes so far of season two. It's especially that opening scene. Did you see the clip of it online? Too, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl, the woman's at the bank machine. It's like the opening scene of, of season two. Is it, is that guy carjacking you? Yeah, just... Boom! Up it was great. Oh, so good. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. All right. Last question of the day. What's next? All right. This is our last one. Uh, Jared Vester says, hey, John, I'm not sure if you heard about David Benioff and D.B. Weiss' new project on Netflix called Three Body Problem, but I've read the books that it's based on, and if the show is done well, I can see it being a big hit for Netflix. Probably won't be the next Game of Thrones or anything. Anyways, uh, have you heard of the show or books? If so, what do you think? Uh, I've not heard of the show or the books. Uh, Dude, are you I've read the books. I've read the trilogy. I've also watched the Chinese series. The oh, it's Chinese Three Body the, Problem. Well, the Chinese series is just called Three Body. The uh, the books, it's the it's the uh, Remembrance of Earth's Past is the name of all three books. But the Three Body Problem is the first book in the series. And it is epic science fiction. What's the basic conceit of the story? There, there. Okay, there is an alien race called the Trisolarans that have figured out that we exist, and they send an invasion force to Earth. But they're not going to be here for four hundred years because space is a big place. And we know they're coming. And we know they're coming. Um, I guess that's kind of, and it's how is how does humanity and how do the scientists deal with this problem? And it goes from there, and it becomes. Crazy! Epic. That sounds <laughs> really big. That it's huge. Like it it's be... gigantic. And the thing is, if you watch the Chinese series, where they also adapted the first book, is like thirty episodes long, and it's on it's on the Ten Cent channel on YouTube. That's how I watch it all. It's a really good adaptation, but it gets really crazy. All right, guys. And that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campion Show podcast. Thank you so much for being here and making the show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those questions. Number one, you gave us fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Again, don't forget, we're going to do an open mic a little bit later. So if you still feel like hanging out and talking about some movies and stuff, come on back and join us this afternoon. That'll be around 3.30 Los Angeles time. We're looking forward to seeing you guys then. And uh, make sure you come back and join us again for tomorrow's installment of the John Campia Show. So, for Ray Aura, Turtle Power, and Jonathan Voico, Later. Writer, director, producer, Robert Meyer Burnett. My name's John Campia. <laughs> and until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>